0: Making lemonade with Abby Brown and Lucy Trick.
1: Positive news podcast proving that when life gives you lemons, there's always an opportunity to make lemonade. But how are you? How I'm are you well, thank you, Abigail. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. How's life been? What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Um busy, popped back down to Devon, which was lovely. Um up in- Oh, an absolute mare getting down there was a whole bus replacement thing, and a woman was. Sat next to me was asking me about the the destination and the duration of the trip, like I worked for Trainline. She was like, "Right, so, wh- so when were we going to be getting in?" And I was like, looking around, like, "Is she talking to me?" <laughs> and I was like, "I I don't know." And she was like, "Right, so how many stops have we got?" I don't know. Like, what? Are you doing? <laughs> I got on the bus. I was on the phone, so I just kind of got on, bleary-eyed, and pointed the right direction of where I needed to go. And this woman was just talking to me, like I worked there. I was like, "Sweet, <laughs> what is happening right
0: now?" You just give off like you know what you're doing vibes. You so I think that's people just saying, "Oh, she looks like she knows what she's doing. She'll know how many stops. She's gonna know where I need to be." <laughs> and what bus are you staying?
1: <laughs> I did take matters into my own hands because there was a couple of people saying different things. So then I just walked to the front of the bus bus, and I was like, excuse me, where are we going? How many stops? What time are we getting in? Was See, and then me. I bet you
0: annu- did you announce it to the whole bus?
1: And No, I didn't. I didn't sort of <laughs> ding a bell and shout out because I would never do that, but I sort of said it in a way that in a projected voice to the person next to me so more people would hear it. See,
0: and this is why that woman asked you That's exactly
1: <laughs> why. She knew
0: you were going to do something about it. And
1: you did. Yeah, because oh, everyone just sat there. Like, if you want to know, just go and ask.
0: Yeah, be proactive. 100%. I hear you. I hear
1: you. Um, but I finally got there and had a lovely time. Um, what have you been up to? Went down to
0: Salisbury or... Salisbury I never say it right My mother always tells me off mm. um, For my friends Weekend away Which was lovely Celebrate their birthdays um, Which was yeah Really nice And definitely needed And realised We hadn't really done Anything like that Probably since pre-Covid mm. So actually It was really nice To just get away And just You know Not think about anything else But just having a bit of a Bit of a laugh With your mates um, a few Lovely Lovely
1: actually I actually think that Salisbury, or Salisbury, Salisbury, it was the scene of the crime where, where I lost my luggage. Was it? Yeah. Look at that. So it's all very much God. full circle. Full, full circle, look at you now. Dinging a bell on a bus.
0: <laughs> so my first story is about Christina Paspago who launched a fake online shop on Facebook during lockdown to offer a lifeline to victims trapped to their homes. Her idea won European Union Prize that came with £8,700. Firstly, I heard about the increase in domestic violent cases during the pandemic. Then I heard about a French initiative where people go to the pharmacy and ask for a special mask that lets the pharmacist know that they are a victim of domestic violence, Christina explained. I thought it was a brilliant idea, so I came up with the idea of selling cosmetics. The online shop is called Camomiles and Pansies. When a victim writes asking to buy a cream, a psychologist responds instead of a salesperson and asks how long the skin problems have been going on for, or how the affected skin reacts to alcohol. If someone places an order and leaves an address, it's actually code asking for authorities to visit their home. I thought it would only be for my friends, and friends of friends. I thought I would maybe only help one or two people, but the shares on Facebook were big and it became really popular. With so much interest, Christina contacted the Women's Rights Centre, a Polish NGO, asking for assistance. In response, it provided psychologists and lawyers to work with the website, which the president said was very impressed with Christina's work. More than 350 people have contacted the website, most victims under 40 and about 10% are male. Christina found out she had won the EU's Civil Solidarity Prize. She was pleased that the spotlight has been shone on the problem of abuse. It makes the public face this problem and make people think more about this. So yeah. I think a fabulous initiative.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it's what an innovative way to try to get help to people who who can't just reach out, but um really impressive really really impressive so a low cost low carbon rail service launched in the uk this week promising a greener cheaper more comfortable alternative to flying on the uk's busiest domestic route the inaugural lumo service pulled out of king's cross station in london at 10:45 on thursday morning Arriving in Edinburgh 4.5 hours later. Tickets on the all-electric trains cost from £14.90. With free Wi-Fi included, Lumo said that its service is a blueprint for low-carbon, affordable, long-distance travel in the UK. So there we have it, people. A greener service from London to Edinburgh. Did one of us buy our tickets to Edinburgh the week before this was launched? Absolutely did I pay yeah. four times the price absolutely I did but that's not the point point. <laughs> <laughs> and how happy are you about this situation <laughs> no I am thrilled this is fantastic mm. this is so so good um, and it's so good because that's
0: that's probably the biggest thing isn't it that people can't afford it at the moment and it's kind of because it's still in that sticky stage it was like oh it's too much money so you kind of do go for that cheaper option but actually they're, they're not as as expensive so yeah not like that a lot Also ties very nicely into my story. Oh because I, um, I recently have been very fascinated by Norway. Which is very random Ooh. I
1: know.
0: Yeah been following on Instagram. The country. The have you been following yeah country? sorry the country. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The country has its own Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. I think it's called My Norway if anyone wants to check it out. No. Norway apparently And are selling their last petrol and diesel cars by April 2022, which is not very far away, which is amazing. According to monthly new car sales data released by Norway's Road Traffic Information Council, the last internal combustion engine vehicle is set to leave the dealership next April, almost three years ahead of Norwegians' government's 2025 stated target for the phasing out completely of sales of new petrol and diesel cars. Out of a total of 110,864 new car registrations, petrol cars accounted for 4.93% and diesel only 4.73%, which is down from 21% from the previous year.
1: I feel like I need a new- paper. this. <laughs> <laughs> Is half of three point four point <laughs> two point one. Thank you. No, sorry. Carry on.
0: <laughs> it does. It's very like d- d- this number and then that number. <laughs> like just round <laughs> it up. Just round it up. You know what I mean? Round it down. Round it up. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. So, if the trend continues from the last four years, sales will be over during the first half of 2022. It is far earlier than even the most optimistic electric car enthusiasts thought possible. So not only have I invested in my stocks and shares into electric cars. Yes, I have. But I think I want a hybrid car. I think I'd like electric car, you know, I think that's going to be my next one. I fully support that. They're just very expensive. So I need to, you know, assess that situation. What's
1: the second hand situation like? Yeah, that's a good shout. I haven't looked. I'll have a look for you, you know, my secondhand furniture skills. Maybe it will send to cars. Talking of countries that are ahead of their time, New Zealand has become the first country in the world to pass a law forcing financial institutions to disclose and act on climate-related risks and opportunities. Climate Change Minister James Shaw said we have an opportunity to pave the way for other countries to make climate-related disclosures mandatory. New Zealand is a world leader in this area and for the first country in the world to introduce mandatory climate-related reporting for the financial sector. The new rules will apply to large insurers, banks, publicly listed companies, listed issuers and investment managers. At present, most of the large New Zealand entities provide little information on what what the climate crisis and global heating might mean for their future operations. By forcing them to disclose that, the law hopes to ensure the effects of the climate crisis are constantly considered in business, investment, lending and insurance underwriting decisions. Shaw continues. Climate-related disclosures will bring climate risks and resilience into the hearts of financial and business decision-making. It will encourage entities to become more sustainable by factoring the short, medium, and long-term effects of climate change into their business decisions. Huge news. Fantastic step forward. I would have thought
0: you had to do that anyway. Oh. I would have thought that would have been a law. I don't know why, I just assumed it would, but... So maybe that's stupid of me to assume. assume. No,
1: I don't think it's stupid of you at all. But it's it's staggering the amount that companies are are getting away with making very short term um decisions with very very long term impacts um, that yeah. will damage the planet for a very very long time. So hopefully we'll see more of this. Hopefully, it really, um, we've got we're seeing a lot of countries announcing these kind of policies ahead of COP next week. So hopefully more positive, positive news to come.
0: Bagota in Colombia boasts an alarming domestic violence statistic. On average, three women were abused every hour, according to the government figures from Jan to October. During the same period, 77 women were murdered. The city also received 35,000 calls from women experienced violence of which 1,482 were assessed to be at risk of being killed which obviously these stats are horrendous really really horrendous Horrendous. um and even with reinforced women's hotlines psychological access and women's empowerment programs it's still not enough um Henry Moran Head of Calm Hotline says, all of this is important, but we don't also create public policy that centres transformation and intervention of the abusers, which are men, then we won't see a better dynamic. The Calm Hotline instead aims to tackle violence at its roots. Researchers discovered that 76.8% of domestic violence cases were associated with feelings of jealousy, distrust and sexist attitudes. The idea that a real man controls and treats of women like property, dismissing their independence, thoughts, desires, and autonomy, which this belief is often dangerous for women. The Calm Hotline addresses these issues with two programmes. One being psychologists respond to emergency calls and provide men with immediate support. Another is psychologists leading a weekly eight session gender transformation programme that callers are encouraged to attend. Through this hotline, men learn about their new masculinities, alternative to dominant and violent frameworks, understanding it's okay to cry and express emotions, but also to advocate for equality and defy gender division of work. But more so, teaches men to take responsibility for harm they may have caused. So this idea of obviously calm hotline actually tackles the roots and that bit that stands out for me the most because I think that obviously is key in stopping this
1: absolutely as such a fantastic feminist approach at its best so innovative and you can keep pumping money into as we should supporting women who are victims of this crime but we have to get to the root of it and talk to men about this toxic masculinity which absolutely fires domestic violence so that's so interesting and i wonder if it will be if it will catch on
0: yeah i I really hope hope it does
1: (laughs) changes to england's blood donation rules are being brought in to tackle discrimination and encourage more donors with rare blood groups to come forward currently prospective donors are asked if they have ever had sex with a partner who may have been sexually active in areas where hiv is endemic which includes many African nations. If they have, the donor will be deferred for three months after the last sexual contact with that partner. This means that many would-be donors in relationships with people from some regions have been unable to give blood. People who are black or have mixed ethnicity are more likely to have a rare blood subgroup that many black sickle cell patients need. The UK government said this week that from 2022 the question would no longer be asked following the introduction of the Donation Safety Check Questionnaire. It assesses donors based on their individual risk rather than applying blanket rules. Blood donations in the UK are tested for infections, including HIV. The announcement follows an NHS rule change in June which enabled more gay and bisexual men to donate blood.
0: That's great news. Most people are probably aware about the wild tiger population and how it has been declining for decades. However, some areas have recently seen a rise in the big cats. New figures by wildlife charity WWF suggest a resurgence in their numbers. Experts are even describing it as a remarkable comeback. In 2010, there are as few as 3,200 wild tigers, But now five countries, India, China, Nepal, Russia and Bhutan, have given hope for the future. India alone, the number of wild tigers is now estimated at between 2,600 and 3,350 animals, which makes up around three quarters of the world's population. Neighbouring Nepal has seen its population of tigers is up from 121 to 235 just under a decade later. The same for Russia, Bhutan and China, which increased sightings of tigers suggest conservation efforts are working. Tigers can thrive happily given enough space, food and water. So the progress is a result of tigers and their habitat being better protected. Becky May, the WWF's UK regional manager, tells Radio 1 Newsbeat. So how can we protect them? Look at labels and make sure you're getting products from the right source. You may be helping to protect those forests, habitats and the tigers, but also to engage and support local communities who are actually living in the area where the tigers live.
1: Very good. So yes. I feel like you. stories about big cats is very much your roots. It feels very much like back to your roots, early doors of the podcast. you, do you love know a it reminds wildlife me
0: story? Of actually? Yeah, I do love a wildlife story. I, I do You're not wrong It's because I, I have a lot of love For David Attenborough But It also reminds me of When I mentioned about that cat In the snow up in Scotland
1: That one you know, The wild cat
0: was, Yeah it's a good story actually
1: That was a good yeah. story
0: <laughs> When well, they thought It was just like A normal cat But actually it was a wild cat a really Yeah that scene.
1: really had Sort of twists and turns I feel like our story yeah. Quality is really depleted Since then
0: So that's it for this week's podcast. We hope you have enjoyed listening to our positive stories once again, and also I've got a bit of a laugh. I know we have some of our stories, especially the one about the bus at the start of this this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed that lot. So thank you very much for sharing. What bus? Your bus at the start. It wasn't a positive story, but it was a. Oh, story. I thought you were talking
1: about the train to Edinburgh. I thought, well, you really weren't listening because it's a train. I <laughs>
0: You mean <laughs> no but that was a good story too
1: yeah a lot of a lot of goodies this week a real gift a lot of goodies um yeah absolutely go to the show notes always to learn more um as you can tell we are not the experts but look forward to speaking in a few weeks um see you soon see ya bye